Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been doing a series of teachings on the Comforter. Here in John chapter 14, it's Thursday night, the night before Jesus dies. And Jesus is sitting with his disciples and giving them a farewell address and telling them that he's going to glory. He's going away. The disciples are perplexed and bewildered and filled with worry. And they don't understand because the one they love was going away. It seems to them that everything's going wrong. And so Jesus leaves them with five supernatural promises. Were you with me over the last several weeks? Jesus leaves them with five supernatural promises to comfort them. Let's go over those five supernatural promises or blessings, if you will. If you haven't written these down, then please do so by now. This is our fourth study. I assume you probably have written them down. Number one, supernatural promise or blessing. Jesus promises a supernatural helper. And then secondly, he promised a supernatural life. And then thirdly, he promised a supernatural union. And then fourthly, he promised a supernatural teacher. And finally, he promises a supernatural peace, a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, and a supernatural peace. Oh, come on, why don't you read it with me? Jesus promises, y'all come on, read it with me. He promises a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, and a supernatural peace. If you were with us last week, we looked at the fourth supernatural promise, and we left off talking about the promise of a supernatural teacher. I want you to look at John chapter 14 and look at verse 26. Look at John 14, 26. And if you're looking at verse 26, I want you to read verse 26 with me. Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. I need everybody to read it with me. Come on. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. And I told you last week, let me have your attention. I told you last week that John is writing uh, this gospel Uh, 60 plus years after Jesus' death. And I told you that I believe the primary exegesis or interpretation, that's your word for the day, exegesis or interpretation, meaning the same thing, of verse 26 is that Jesus promised that they would remember his words exactly verbatim, that the scriptures would be written without error, that they would have total recall by divine inspiration. That was the primary exegesis, the primary interpretation. And then I told you that there was a secondary interpretation, and that is that they will be taught by the Holy Spirit. Remember, 
not in the sense of revelation, but in the sense of illumination. We have the revelation of his word, and now he illuminates that revelation. And this is what I believe that John, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, these are the same Johns who, this John wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote the book of Revelation, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. This John, this is what I mean when I say that he's going to give us illumination. I think this is what John meant. In 1 John 2.27, he says, But the anointing which you have from him abides in you, and you, somebody help me read this, do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. You see, I believe John is trying to tell us here that we have the indwelling spirit to bring illumination to the word of God that is already within you. That's why you need no one to teach you because the spirit of God lives in you and teaches you, which is also the secondary interpretation of which we talked about last week. We also talked about last week that in order for the spirit to bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever things he said to you, you got to have something in there for him to bring to remembrance. I say it better amen than that. That means you got to put something in for him to bring it to remembrance. So you got to remember the word. You got to read the word. You got to study the word. You got to memorize the word so that when you're sharing the word and in that moment that you need that word to share with that individual, the Holy Spirit will bring it to remembrance. He can bring to remembrance that which is already in you. So Jesus promises, we talked about all these last week, and if you missed any of these teachings, I want to encourage you to go to the bookstore and order a copy of the CD, or um, uh, uh, if there are any on the shelves, then please feel free to, uh, to grab those up. Uh, uh, each of these are on a CD. Uh, Jesus promises them a supernatural helper. We talked about it, a supernatural life. We talked about it, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher. And this morning we come to the final promise. This feels like a bittersweet teaching to me because I've enjoyed this study on the Comforter. So it feels like a bittersweet teaching because this is the end of this series on the Comforter as we've been talking about. We're going to talk about Jesus promises a supernatural peace in verse 27. Now you got a pen? Here's where you want to take some notes. I want to make four points concerning our supernatural peace. Got your pen? Number one, we'll talk about the nature of our peace the nature of our peace. Number two, the source of our peace. Number three, the contrast of our peace. And number four, the enjoyment of our supernatural peace. The nature of our peace we'll talk about, the source of our peace, the contrast of our peace, and the enjoyment of our peace. The nature, the source, the contrast, the enjoyment of our supernatural peace. That's what we're talking about today. I've titled this sermon, The Comforter, part what, saints? Part four. Were y'all here for one, two, and three? All right, this is Comforter, part what? Part four. Chapter 14, John chapter 14. And one more again, one more last time. Let's pick up in verse 15. We read through verse 27, come back and have some comments. John 14, look at verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say amen. amen. If you love me, Jesus said, what, saints? Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. By now, you had that circle underlined, highlighted, 
another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and what? And will be in you. I will not leave you orphanos, the Greek word orphans. I will come to you a little while longer. And the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. And at that day, we talked about at that day being the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on the believers and they began to speak with tongues and the church was born at that day. You will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you, supernatural union. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Y'all still here. These things I have spoken to you in verse 25 while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, which the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Y'all read this last line with me. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Last time around, I told you every time we come to this text, we want to establish who the promises and the blessings are for. Establish first and foremost to whom these promises and blessings belong to. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. These promises and blessings that we've been talking about do not belong to unregenerated or unsaved people. They do not belong to people who think they're good people. They don't belong to super citizens. They don't belong to law-abiding, decent, upstanding, respectable, nice people. Are you listening? These promises and blessings belong to people who love God. Write it down. They belong to believers, Christians, Christ followers. Jesus said in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he goes on to give the five supernatural promises and blessings. Again, we talked about and looked at four of them. We come to the fifth and the final promise as God promises a supernatural peace. Now, question, look at me. Is there anyone in this room that doesn't want peace? Raise your hand. I didn't think so. Everybody wants peace. Say amen. The nature of peace, point number one, look at verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Now, I like the way the Amplified Bible reads. You guys know I'm not really like a, like a, like a, a version kind of person and like look at this version, get that version, look at this version. Although, for this particular version, I really did uh, like the way that the Amplified Bible um, puts this version of verse 27 in the way that it writes verse 27. Look, it says, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give and bequeath to you. Isn't that good? 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Isn't that good? The Amplified Bible. Peace I now give and bequeath to you. This word bequeath means to leave to, leave in one's will to, hand on down to, will to, make over to, pass on to, entrust to, grant to, transfer to, donate to, give to, endow to, bestow on, confer on, demise to, devise to, convey to. Jesus is bequeathing, giving, bestowing, donating, transferring to you, granting, entrusting to you, His peace. Are you glad about it? Jesus, I'll wait while you clap your hands. Jesus is leaving a legacy of his peace. He's leaving a legacy of his peace. Now, got a pen? Write this down. The Bible talks about two types of peace. Two types of peace. First of all, the Bible talks about peace with God. And then the Bible talks about the peace of God. Oh, you know that, don't you? Peace with God and peace what? Of God. Peace with God has to do with your standing before God. Are you listening? The peace of God has to do with your experience while walking and living for God. Peace with God has to do with your relationship to God. Peace of God has to do with your relationship to life as a believer. Peace with God. Let's talk about that. Or you're standing before God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, y'all see it? We have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the Bible is clear that when we were born into the world, we were born into the world in sin. When we came into the world, we were born into, a, a, into this world in rebellion toward God. The Bible says when you came in the world, you were enemies of God, fighting with God, at war with God, antagonized God. You were enemies in every single sense. But when you became a believer, listen, it gets to the good part right here. When you became a believer and you gave your heart to Jesus, immediately you, through the Holy Spirit, would wave the white flag. And now you're justified, and now you're redeemed. Somebody say amen. And, and, and now you're declared righteous. I'm waiting while you clap your hands. <laughs> and now you're, you're redeemed and justified and declared righteous by faith. You're no longer an enemy, and now you have peace with God. Imagine this in your mind's eye. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit grabbed your hand and grabbed the father's hand and put them together in the same grip. And it's that hand in hand grip that brings us together with God. And Colossians 1.20 tells us that we have made peace with God through his blood, through his blood. So peace is made possible by his blood. Write that down. Peace is made possible by his blood. We have Peace with God. Once you have peace with God, now you can experience the peace of God. 
And you cannot flip that around. Are you listening? You can't flip that around. You can't have the peace of God and then peace with God. It doesn't work that way. You can't have the peace of God and then the peace with God. You have to first start with the peace with God. You ever heard somebody say, uh, I need to make my peace with God? I, you know, I, I just, you know what, I, I just need to make my peace with God. I need to make my peace with the man upstairs. You ever hear that? I need to make my peace with the big guy, big kahuna. Yeah. I need to make my peace with the man upstairs. Well, that, what they're saying is that they need to get into a right relationship with God. They need to make their peace with God. But you make your peace with God, and when you make your peace with God, then you can have the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Somebody come on, read this with me. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, listen, is not an absence of conflict. I want you to know that. The peace of God is not an absence of conflict but the ability to deal with conflict and to have a quiet confidence that no matter what happens, God is in control. Can I get a witness? No matter what happens, God is in control. And Paul said this peace surpasses all understanding. You know, I just got this like two days ago. I'm reading this. I've I've been reading this for 30 years. That goes to show every time you read the word of God, you can get something different out of it. And somebody once said, and they said it right, God's word is deep enough for a theologian to drown in and shallow enough for a baby to swim in. So I'm reading this the other day, and it says, uh, I'm reading Philippians, it says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And it occurred to me that even I will not understand the peace of God. And that has happened. You're going through something, something happens, you get bad news. Has this ever happened to you? You get bad news. Maybe bad news of cancer, maybe bad news of sickness, maybe bad news of uh, 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 eviction, maybe bad news of uh, 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 college or, or whatever it might be. You got some bad news. And, and somehow in your spirit, you just have this, this peace. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you just go, you know what? I, whatever, whatever. It's, God, this is your problem. I'm going to give it to you. I, Lord, you'll take care of it. I don't have to worry about this. And you have this quiet confidence. That's what I like to call it. A quiet confidence in your spirit that everything's going to be all right. Because God is in control. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? I can't raise his hand too high. I'm still in therapy. Let me go over here. Amen. Now y'all can see me better. Amen. And you just got this. Everything's going to be all right. And so, and so, and that's peace. It surpasses all understanding. Even you can't understand it. And certainly the world can't understand it. Here's the good news. You were an enemy with God, a God antagonist. And then there was that holy grip, and now you stand faultless and blameless, and now you're not an enemy anymore. Now you're a friend. I am a friend of God. And not only a friend, but the Bible says you go on to become a son and a daughter of God. So we have the peace with God. We also, when we have peace with God and we have the peace of God, listen, we can also have peace with one another as believers. We can come into fellowship. Do y'all understand this here? There would be no reason 
for us to know each other if I were not a Christian and you were not a Christian. Have you ever thought of that? There'd be no way. There are peoples and people groups that just don't talk to each other, don't cross each other's paths, don't get along with each other, don't want to know each other because they got nothing in common. But because of Christ, because of the blood of Christ, we now know each other and have fellowship with each other. And I don't care if you're a little bit country and I'm a little bit hip hop. <laughs> Say amen, pastor. I don't care. I'll wait while you clap. Yep, that's right. Yep. I don't care who you are. It's because of the peace of God. I am amazed at the people who come to this church. Amazed. Always. Always amazed. I've told you a thousand times. I'm amazed that one service empties, another fills up, another service empties, another fills up. I'm amazed at the people that come to this church. All kind of people come to this church. White folk, look around. Look around. Look around. Go ahead. I'll wait. White folks go to this church, black folks go to this church, any folks go to this church. Why? Because we have one thing in common. We don't care about nothing else, and that is the word of God and Jesus Christ. Am I right about that? So because of the peace of God, I'm trying to make a point here. I'm hoping y'all catching what I'm putting down. Because we have the peace of with God and the peace of God, we can have fellowship with each other. We can also go, come in fellowship with God, and we also come into fellowship with each other. And if you've been reconciled to God, then you've been reconciled to each other. Because of the peace that we have with God, we're different Christians. You know, I was telling them first and second service, I said, if, if there's any one thing that if I could say, you know, people say, well, you know, what are your last words? Like, what would be your last words that you could speak to mankind? My last words would be, Christians, you are different. Do you know that? When you come to Christ, I'm only talking to Christians. If you're not a Christian, tune out right here. I'll tell you when to tune back in. Christians. We are different. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 tells us we are one new man in Christ. No longer, don't get me wrong, no longer am I considered a black man. I don't see myself that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I'm black, y'all. Okay? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, hmm. Now, now, where is he going with this? How are you going to get out of this swamp? I know I'm black. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a black man, yes, and, and, and you're white, and, and people are people, and yes, we, we are what we are in this earth, but we don't see each other that way as Christians. We don't see a, a man as a black man, or he's a white man, or he's an Asian man, or he's a Hispanic man, or he's an Indian man. When you come to Christ, we are a new breed. We are now called a Christian man. Am I right about that? We are a Christian man. And, and, and now God and we should not see color in terms of the color of person's skin. We should see the blood of Jesus because that's all Jesus sees, red. Red is the only color he sees. And that's the color that we should see. And that's the one thing I've told you I love about this church. Not only the diversity of the colors uh, of the races, but the diversity of ages that blesses me that people come to this church that are like you know 
we have people, you know, Pastor Matt is 70, 80. One lady is 80, I think she's probably 85 or 86 now, and she uh, has her children come to Zebulun, pick her up, bring her to Calvary Chapel, Cary, so she can hear Pastor Rodney preach and take her back to Zebulun. She's 86 years old. Now, you tell me that that's not God working in the body of Christ, one new man in Christ. That woman is generations away from me. And if it were not for the the, the grace of God, the love of God, the word of God in Jesus Christ, that woman would have no, no reason to know me, and I would have no reason to know that beautiful, sweet little white lady. Right? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.